What is happening, peeps? What's going on, folks? Everybody out there in podcast land. I don't know what I'm doing, guys. I got inspired today. Oh, man, I got inspired. I gotta zoom in, man, so you don't see my fucking fat goddamn stomach. Where is the shadow coming from? I have a shadow coming in from somewhere. I could do like a martial arts thing here, but I have a shadow coming in from somewhere. I'm not sure where. God damn it, where is that shadow coming from? Who knows, really? Who cares? Who cares? I care. That's who cares. I'm going to move this. Um, I'm going to switch the direction of this table here, and I think that may give me better line of sight without the <sighs> fuck why can't I ever get anything exactly the way I want it I just want it I just want it you know I just want it to look good I just want it to sound good I just want uh, no shadows where is that shadow coming from is the shadow still there I can't fucking tell I got so many goddamn screens going on here guys I'm back to the original uh, three screens that I normally do. I've got the 6 Plus over here. I've got the iPhone 10 over here. I've got the iPad Pro right here in front of me. And guess what, guys? I just bought and uh, received the new iPhone 12 Pro. Yeah, look at all those cameras back there. I got that guy because... Is it a guy? I mean, why are we naming a phone? You know, why is it a guy? Why are we putting a gender to it? Just like, why do we put a gender to all of our vehicles? It seems like every vehicle, right? And I'm, and I'm way off topic already. <laughs> I don't even have a topic, to be honest. But we always um, we always name our possessions, right? Our cars, our boats, our fucking Sea-Doo's, our goddamn house, our fucking motorcycle, whatever. And... It always seems to be a female name for some reason. I don't know why that is. Why do we name all of our um, things after females? I might have to look that up, actually. Should I look that up right now? Let's look it up. Because I'm not possibly, I'm not exactly sure why we do that. But let's, let's see if we can take a look and find out here. 
why you can you can watch me search it why do um, when I type in why do here's the things that come up you can see it you can you can play along with me why do we say oh my god why do people put locks on gates why do cats purr why do dogs lick you why do dogs eat grass why do dogs eat poop <laughs> these are the things fucking these are the things people are worried about these are the things people inquiring minds want to know you know um <laughs> what was I even what was the thing I was even asking? I don't even remember what I don't even remember what the fuck I was asking. God damn it, I meant to get my pen. I just saw my finger do the thing over here. Let me see if I can find this fucking pen I had the other day. I know it's in here somewhere. I know it. I know it's in here somewhere and I can't find it. And I'm gonna stop looking for it because because that's no fun. It's no fun for me to be looking for a fucking pen. But anyway, these are the things inquiring minds are wanting to know, right? Um, why do people name their things after... Or no, let's do this. Why do people give their things female names? How about that? Let's do what comes up here. Why do people give their things uh, female names? Psychology of giving human names to your stuff. This is probably not uh, exciting whatsoever, but let's see. We got a whole website here. According to a 2013 poll from the insurance company Nationwide, around 25% of car owners have named their ride. Granted, the survey isn't exactly scientific, but while the statistics may not be a perfect reflection of reality, it does align with something you may have already seen in the wild. Plenty of people like to name the appliances in their lives, cars, laptops, bikes. Maybe you know someone who does. Maybe it's you. Think about it, though. Real-life examples. God damn it. Some objects tend to get names much more often than others. Not many people, for example, have taken it upon themselves to name their toilets. Exactly. So what determines which uh, things makes the cut? What? Why do we bestow nicknames upon some objects but not others? The answer, as it turns out, is as complicated is a complicated mix of several different quirks of human psychology. Oh my god, I'm bored already. Fuck. I'm backing out of that. Abort! 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 I'm not even I'm not going down that any further. Because it was just fucking stupid. But if you have if you have an item, if you have a car, if you have a boat, um Whatever the case may be, whatever the thing may be. Which camera am I even on over here? Um, you tell me. You know, comment. Make a comment in, in the uh, in the comment section on YouTube, or you can do it on Instagram, Facebook, um, wherever you can uh, find this fucking podcast. Make a comment. Let me know. Number one, if you've named something after someone or somebody or a thing or a he or an it or a she. And if so, what that name may be, and, and tell me what the item is, you know, whether it's a car, whether it's a boat, a motorcycle, a uh, laptop, your bed, your house, a tree in the backyard. I don't fucking care what it is. Let me know if you've named something and if that name is female or male or uh, somewhere in between. You know, there might be some new things coming along the line here. I don't know what a, a cisgender name is. I don't know what a transgender name is, if it's any different than the traditional names that uh, that we grew up in that we have. 
Um, a little snotty, guys. I've got, uh, I think, a little residual uh, things going on from the pollen here uh, as of late. I don't know why, but I seem like the last week or so I've getting, been really congested all night during the night. Um, I'm swallowing. i got a lot of drainage going on. I know it's very unappetizing to hear all this stuff, but, but um, it's a fact of life, you know. I got it going on. And I've uh, been doing a lot of sneezing and, and just blowing my nose and nose is running and um, I'm just a little snotty. That's all I'm saying. It is the season to be a little snotty. I've never really had any allergies until, man, this show is really all over the place. It always is. But I, uh, you know, when I moved out, I've lived all, the, all, all across the country, all across the world and uh, various places overseas, what have you. The Middle East, uh, particularly, particular, particularly, how do you say that word? Particular, particularly, particularly, particularly. It's, it's hard to kind of roll that off my tongue for some reason, but the only place I really, you know, I grew up here. I, I'm born in North Charleston. I moved to Somerville in 1986. I've been here about half of my life, really. Half of my life has been other, other places. But the only time I ever encountered any allergy problems is when I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. And that is the only time I seem to have something in the air, some kind of flora or fauna. I guess it's not flora or fauna. It's, uh, I guess it's flora, right? Is that the, is that the flower part of the, the plant part of the flora or fauna? Or is fauna? Is it fauna? God damn it, I can't remember. Flora and fauna. Fuck, let's look that up real quick. Flora. <laughs> flora sounds like it's uh, flora. Sounds like flower, right? That's probably the flower part of it, but. Flora refer, refers to all, all plant life, so. What the hell was I saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the first time I ever really had allergies is when I moved out to Las Vegas, Nevada, when I got stationed there at Nellis Air Force Base. And um, But now that I have moved back to the south, to South Carolina, to Somerville proper, I tend to have some seasonal allergies from time to time. They're not uh, crazy. They're not uh, out, of this, out of this world, out of control, whatever. But they do kind of hit me a little bit. You know, I get that little scratchy throat. I get a little bit of drainage. I get a little bit of snottiness. I get some uh, congestion. I get some ear stuff going on where I got to kind of, you know, hold my nose and kind of blow and uh, pop those eardrums a little bit. So that's what's going on, guys. That's all I'm saying. Let's get back over here to this fucking thing. We're all over the place. What was I doing today? Well, today is Mother's Day. It is uh, May 9th. It is Mother's Day 2021. We're going to open a beer, open a beer to celebrate Mother's Day here in a second. Right now, as a matter of fact, I'm popping the can. I'm going to look this guy up and we're going to see what we're drinking, but we're going to toast all the moms out there. This is a beer by Westbrook. It is part of the Rinse and Repeat series. This is the Westbrook Galaxy... Uh, so rinse and repeat, Galaxy, uh, uh, Galaxy, <laughs> Wah, Wah, Katu, Wakatu, is that how you say that fucking name? Let's look that up, see what happens here.
Right. So we can pull it up. There we go. The Galaxy Wat Wakatu Rinse and Repeat Series. All right, let me start over. This is the Rinse and Repeat Series from Westbrook. They've been doing this for the past couple years or so. They do a whole series of this Rinse and Repeat uh, New England style IPA, and they incorporate different hops into it. So each you know new hop that you introduce or you add to, take away from, you're going to get a little bit different uh, profile. You're going to get uh, some different notes in there, characters on the nose, on the mouthfeel, on the on the on the mouth. On the taste buds, what have you, and you're going to get just a you know a different sensation. You're going to get a different beer, really. So right now we're drinking the Rinse and Repeat Galaxy Watu Watu Wakatu from Westbrook Brewing Company. We're going to pour it real quick here. Let's see if we can get a little pour on the Camara Camara. How do you say that word? <laughs> I know how you say that word. It's called Camara, by the way. So I feel good. I got my, you know, this right now actually is on my iPhone 10, and my iPhone 10 has always been the glitchy camera out of uh, the two cameras that I use. And what I figured out the last time that I did a show, this is what we're drinking right here, guys: the Galaxy Wakatu India Pale Ale, it's a New England style. But what I realized uh, when I did the podcast with Mr. Eric Barnett um, not too long ago. And I told him on that show was uh, what had happened was, and the reason I got a new phone uh, a couple of days ago is my iPhone 10. Well, let's 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 back up to the iPhone 6 Plus. So the 6 Plus, which is this camera here, the 6s. Um, I haven't used it in quite a while. The screen was cracked. That's why I, I upgraded to a new phone because I had busted the screen up. The phone still works perfectly. It's just got a shitty screen on it, and. Um, it has very little things on it, so I've taken a lot of the apps off of it. I've really slimmed down the uh, the storage on it, and it's got just a lot of memory, a lot of storage to write to, and it's a very good phone. It uh, still does great photography and still does great video and stuff. So that's my main source, camera source, and I was kind of bouncing that back and forth and doing split screens and whatever with the iPhone 10 that I have as well, but the iPhone 10. I just had too much shit on it, man. It was my main phone. It was the main thing I did stuff on. I had videos. I got pictures. I upload, download. I take those things off. I put them into the cloud. But I had a lot of different apps on there. And just a lot of things bogging it down. You know, 64 gigabytes of storage on it. And I had it maxed out most times around 60 gigabytes out of 64. And it, would, it just got glitchy. I would do videos and it would freeze. It would... Uh, you know, do Mr. Roboto or whatever and just uh, get all glitchy. I was having trouble with it uh, as of late, big time, <clears throat> where apps were closing, you know, all of a sudden for no reason at all. Um, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stag, staggering? Staggering. So whenever I would switch between apps or I would uh, be doing a video or be doing something, it would be very staggering. Um, just glitchy. You know, nothing was fucking working on it. So I said, you know what? I tried everything I could. I deleted as many apps as I could possibly get rid of without uh, losing my mind. Um, all the apps that I had left on there were apps that I used every single day, multiple times a day. 
I probably could use some of those things on the web and uh, get rid of the app altogether and just do the web uh, version of the things, but the apps are just so much more better. So much better, not more better. And I just couldn't get myself to, to delete any more of the apps on there. Every time I did videos, photos, whatever, I deleted them immediately or uploaded them to the cloud, to Google Photos or wherever I, I would put them, multiple different places. Constantly just trying to free up memory on this phone. Uh, deleting text messages because I had, you know, pictures and GIFs and videos and uh, emojis and whatever. Just deleting all those things and trying to get rid of as, many, as much data as I possibly could all the time. It just got annoying. So finally I said, fuck it, I'm just going to get a new goddamn phone. So that's when I went to the store, got the iPhone uh, 12 Pro. And I'm excited about it because I've, I, I bought a GoPro when I was out in Arizona. And again, I'm way off topic. This is not anything that I was going to talk about. But when I was out in Arizona, I had a Hero 4, a GoPro Hero 4, that was uh, gifted to me by Mr. Richard Mallett. Um, actually, I bought it from him, 50 bucks, And that was one of my main cameras I used for quite a while before I started getting into the iPhone cameras. And I said, fuck, the iPhone cameras are just phenomenal. They're better than uh, than the GoPro. They're easier to, to use. They're easier to upload, download, transfer. All the things I have are iPhone, iPad, iMac, or MacBook Pro, whatever. They all join together. So the GoPro was kind of a anomaly. I gave that GoPro to my oldest son, Brian. I bought a new one when I was out in Flagstaff, Arizona. I bought a GoPro Hero 7. I've used it once. We tested it out on a trail, on a trail hike that Brian and I did with uh, his dog, Gloria, or Glow, as we call her. And it's the last time I've used it. I've got an accessory kit. It's got everything you could imagine. It's got a head kit. It's got a chest kit. It's got uh, tripods. It's got uh, all kind of mounts for bicycles, for kayaks, for surfboards, for pretty much anything you could fucking imagine. It's got an attachment to it. I am going to now sell that to my oldest son. Um, he'd prefer to have the, the, the GoPro 7 than the 4 that I gave him. The 4 was kind of outdated, had a, had a battery that probably uh, the battery life was not that great. He probably needs a brand new battery. That battery had probably been used over and over again too much. And um, yeah, so I'm getting ready to GoPro 7. <laughs> And I decided, you know, if I get this um, this iPhone 12 Pro, it's got this phenomenal camera. It's got a camera that can do just unbelievable things for a, for a fucking cell phone. Nobody needs to buy a goddamn camera anymore. It can do uh, night photos. It can do pictures of the fucking moon. It can do all kind of goddamn stuff. I said, why not just get me that? I'll get a, a waterproof case for it. It's already kind of water-resistant proof, I guess you could say, but I decided, let's get that, I'll take that on, onto the Mississippi River with me, or to any of the kayak trips that I do, waterproof case, I'll tether it um, to the boat, so if I do drop it in the water, it doesn't fucking drown and go anywhere, I can do everything I need to do, I've got these two tripods that I have uh, set up right now, I can put them at different heights, different levels, different angles, I can put those into my, in my canoe, in my kayak, um, there's other ways I can secure the phone uh, for video, and that's what, that's going to be my main video source when I'm on the river from now on, is the iPhone 12 Pro. So there you go. 
And God damn it, I forgot to get uh, one thing. Hold on one second. Let me let me run into the bathroom back here. Stand by. Here I come, guys. Just calm down. Everybody calm down. Everybody relax. Everybody just relax. Nobody's, you know, nobody's getting hurt here. We're all still friends. I just had to grab something, okay? Just, um, while I was grabbing something, you could have been grabbing something as well. Maybe a drink. This is my, uh, my bag right here. This is my very important bag. So if you see this, Please return it to me because it has all my important documents in here. Everything you can imagine. And I think I have what I'm looking for in here. I think. Maybe I don't. But what I wanted to talk about was Mother's Day. Because today is Mother's Day, guys. And you know what? I don't think it's in this goddamn... I thought it was in here because it's an important document as well. Fuck, where the hell did I put it? But, you know, I've got checkbooks in here. I've got my birth certificate. I've got social security cards. I've got my passport. I've got my marriage certificate. I've got my divorce papers. I've got everything. Anything you could fucking imagine, I've got it in here. Um, but I thought I had put this book in here. Hold on, i got a couple more compartments. <laughs> there it is, right there. So this is what I was going to get out. If you haven't done so already, I don't do any ads on this show anymore. I used to do a lot of them, but if you haven't done so already, let's put it on this camera here. This is a book that I wrote, um, 2006. I started writing it in 2005-ish or so. 2003, really, is when I started thinking about writing this book, and I started putting some stories together. Excuse me. Um, the very I started thinking about it, 2003. The very first first story that I did, uh, for this book, it was actually I wrote it for somebody else's book because I thought they were gonna write a book. I wrote the very first story, and when they decided they were not gonna write the book or they were procrastinating or whatever, I said, you know what? I'm gonna take that fucking story, I'll put it in my own goddamn book, and that's what I wrote. It's all fun and games and tell. God, it's so shiny. You can find it on lulu.com. L-U-L-U.com. I wrote a, a story in here uh, called uh, Mother's Day. Let's see if I can find it here. So I figured it would be apropos for the day. And I'll, I'll just give you a little synopsis of it and uh, a little synopsis on why Mother's Day is always um, kind of a sad day for me, kind of an important day for me, kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of everything. I mean, I really, I really get kind of broken up about Mother's Day. Um, I'm just trying to get to the title page here, guys. That's all. Again, just stand by. Oh, so it was actually called the Mother's Day present. So it was a present that I gave to my ex-wife on Mother's Day back in 19... I don't know what it was. 95, 96, somewhere around there, and 
let's just say this. It was not a pleasant Mother's Day present that I gave my ex-wife. And it's ultimately the reason that we ended up getting divorced. I'm not going to read it to you. Um, I have read a couple stories out of this book in the past. Um, I'm not going to do it today. It's just uh, it's too sad. I don't really want to get into it, but I wrote a story, and it's about um, you know some things that I did early in my marriage that probably were not the best things in the world to do. It uh, made my ex-wife uh, mistrust me in many ways, and she never really knew the true story of what happened on that night on Mother's Day. It was actually the day before Mother's Day. It was a Saturday night, um, rolled into the next day into Sunday. And to this day, you know, wholeheartedly, I believe that that is the entire reason that we got divorced. I asked for the divorce. I'm the one that ended the marriage, but that, Mother's Day back in the mid-90s was the catalyst for for my divorce, for me getting divorced and being where I am at this moment in time, at the moment right now. So if you haven't had a chance to do so, go out to lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, pick you up an e-copy of the book, or you can get a physical copy of it if you would like. I've done three or four revisions of it. It's still um, could have much better writing. I think I'm a much better writer now than I used to be. I had uh, some help writing this book uh, from a friend of my mother's that was uh, that had written uh, quite a few big books herself, and she gave me some some great editing tips. And a good friend of mine, Jeff Rainey, as well, one of my bosses there at Scott Air Force Base at the time, also gave me some insights and some some know-how and, and helped me edit and helped me kind of uh, embellish the stories a little bit to kind of bring some fun out of them and to make, make them a little bit more exciting than maybe they already were. But this particular story just hits me every single every single Mother's Day. It really just uh, makes me reminisce and think of the, the stuff that I have done to, to hurt the people that I love, you know. And in turn, uh, they hurt me back. Tit for tat, I guess you could say. An eye for an eye, right? A tooth for a tooth. And I wish it wouldn't have been that way. I wish uh, I wish she would have just uh, believed the story that I was telling her and not uh, the story that was in her mind. But many, many years later, I totally understood how you skew and perceive things in your own mind. And... Um, how thoughts and theories and and scenarios just can run rampant in your head and just really make you bonkers. And that's what happened to me. Um, I wrote that story about some things that I possibly did that uh, were not the best, and she she won up me on it. And uh, that was going to be the second book that I was going to write on, you know, the stuff that I did from 1992 to 1999 before we left Valdosta, Georgia and moved on to our next location that was the, the stuff that I did that was uh, not too kind to our marriage and then the second part of the book was going to be the wrath or, or the re reciprocation or the, the revenge of what my ex-wife did to me 
and then the third book was going to be how we all pulled it together and uh, and, and made amends and, and lived happily ever after. And that was not the case. You know, this, uh, what transpired after this book was, um, and I've told this story before. If you've watched any of the old shows last year, pre-COVID, um, I've talked about this before. I think I probably talked a good bit about it last Mother's Day, but the mind has a way of holding on to pain, and my mind still holds on to this pain. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to beat around the bush with it. It still holds on to this pain, and every Mother's Day, it it, it comes crawling back, and. For that reason, and for numerous other reasons uh, of how the mind works, um, like I said, I decided to ask for a divorce back in 2013. And if I'm being honest, it, it, you know, I'm always honest on the show. It still haunts me to this day. And, and Mother's Day is a is a very sobering, sombering. Did both of those words work in this situation? very sobering when I look back on it and uh, you know hindsight is always 2020 right I, I should have made a lot of decisions a lot of better decisions since I got married really I mean the entire time I should have made better decisions there's a lot of things I should have done better I could have done better there's a lot of things I should have um, not kept secrets about the stuff I shouldn't have lied about uh, the stuff I, the stuff I didn't lie about uh, same thing on on the other side of the coin you know things that she shouldn't have lied about things that she should have been honest about things we should have discussed the communication that we should have had should have been there and I don't know still to this day I mean we're in 2021 now we got divorced in 2013. Uh, the the big incident that happened, um, besides this Mother's Day thing back in the mid '90s, was the catalyst of, of this whole thing. Was 2003, so it's been uh, 13. It's been 18 years. Is that right? Wait a minute. 2003. Let's do some math. 2003 to 2013. That's 10 years. 2013 to 2023. That's 20 years. If we subtract two from that, that's 18 years. So. For 18 years, I still can't get over what uh, transpired and ultimately led to me asking for a divorce. And I still wonder to this day that I do the right thing, that I do the admiral thing, that I do uh, the American thing, that I do the strong thing. You know, should I have? Was marriage an actual contract? Was an actual agreement? Was an actual uh, handshake and circle that should not have ever been broken, no matter what? Is that what marriage is? Is that the way it should be? That no matter what happens, no matter what transpires, no matter what transgressions go on, no matter what infidelity, lies, um, 
I don't know, your spouse loses their fucking legs or an arm or eyesight or they can't hear, they get dementia, do you stick it out or do you bail or do you, is it something that you should be able to quit? Is marriage even a thing anymore? Should it even be something people do? Is it outdated? I don't fucking know. I don't have the answers. But all I know is I think um, I think that I should have stuck it out. I should have uh, been able to forgive, uh, not forget, obviously, but I probably should have been able to forgive. But after 10 years had gone by and I still couldn't stop thinking about uh, stuff that had happened, I still couldn't trust and I still couldn't It's that trust thing, right? If I can't trust you, how am I supposed to live with you? How am I supposed to give you the best of me? How am I supposed to love you if I can't trust you? And was that something that I should have been able to get over? Was that something that I should have been stronger about? And been able to look past and get by and get over? And the same on, on the other side. You know, it, what I did, should she have fucking forgiven me and not fucking gone off the rails and done what she did? But, you know, every action has a equal and opposite reaction, right? And I got exactly that. I got exactly that. My actions led to an equal and opposite reaction. And it fucked me up. And it still fucks me up to this day. That I allowed myself to be the catalyst for a failed marriage. And it still affects my relationships today. It still affects Mother's Days and holidays and it still affects the way um, you know I communicate with my kids. I had a big revelation uh, what camera are we on here? I had a big revelation not a revelation but when I when I finally decided to leave here and I said, look, my kids are out west. I haven't seen one of them in two and a half years. I haven't seen the other one in three years. And I got to I got to Flagstaff and I had a I had a big talk with my oldest son and his wife Megan and really broke down to them the whole process of what happened you know, with the divorce of, of me and my ex-wife, Brandy. And when I really broke it down to them, I told them the whole story. You know, of course, Brian and Alec knew part of the story. They were in the house. They, they heard the fights. They heard uh, some of the stuff that was going on. They heard the whispers. They heard the stuff behind closed doors. But we got a few drinks of us, drinks in us one night, and we had some, uh, some weed flowing and what have you. And I really just opened up and for the first time ever, you know, my oldest son is 28 years old. But I really just opened up and broke it down and gave them a lot of information that they didn't know. And I probably, you know, sometimes I look back at it and I say, man, should I really give that type of information to my to my son? Do they really need to know 
all the in, in and outs and, and inner workings of, of a failed marriage. And when I look back on it now, I say, yes, absolutely. You should be honest in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's uh, your relationship with your kids, whether it's your marriage, whether it's uh, a job, an employer, an employee, a subordinate. Just be honest and communicate and tell people the truth and tell people what's happening, what's going on. And most times they will understand. Most times they will get by it. Most times they will communicate and reciprocate back to you. But you just have to talk to people. You have to let them know what's on your mind, what your feelings are. And I think if I would have done that with my ex-wife, if she would have done that with me, if we would have done that more with our kids throughout our marriage, things would have been hunky-dory and a piece of cake. But secrets secrets fuck up a goddamn marriage um, and they cause resentment and they cause distrust and they cause just so many goddamn things but the bottom line is what I was getting to is I, I really opened up to my to my son and my ex-wife or his wife and um, they were like you need to tell uh, Alec all of this my, my youngest son you really need to to give this information to him because he has had a totally different view of what happened. I mean, there's always three sides to a story, right? I mean, there's your, there's your side, there's the other person's side, and then there's other people from the outside that are looking in that have their side of the story. And, um, you know, when we got divorced, my oldest son had already gone to college. Uh, my youngest was still living with us when we split up. I moved out with my younger brother into an, to, a, to a house or a rental. And uh, we sold our house, of course, and uh, my ex-wife and my youngest son moved into an apartment together. So, of course, the entire time, um, I didn't want to talk about it. I had other stuff going on. I had moved on. I was trying to, to pick my life up, pick up the pieces. And Alec only got the other side of the story and never got my side of the story. So he always had, and I didn't know this. until I went out to uh, to the West Coast to visit and, uh, and try a new lifestyle on the road, you know, RV lifestyle. I knew that me divorcing uh, my ex-wife had started, started a ripple effect, a butterfly effect. I knew that. I knew that from the start. And it killed me for, almost literally killed me, for the first two or three years after, after the divorce. I just, I felt like I had disrupted and upended everybody's life. My parents, my brothers, anybody involved, uh, my ex-in-laws, uh, my kids. Everybody and anybody was affected by my decision. And it haunted me and killed me for many years, and it still does to this day that what I did affected and fucked up a whole bunch of people's lives. But the one thing that I did not realize is that it really fucked up my youngest son's life because he didn't know both sides of the story. He only knew one side because that's who he lived with and that's who he heard complain and, and talk about it and, and cuss at me and 
um, all these damn things. So back to the story, my, my oldest son and his wife said, look, you, you have to talk to Alec when they, when they come up for Thanksgiving or come down or over for Thanksgiving, you have to have a talk with Alec and let him know because he's got a totally different view of what happened and he's got some resentment towards you even though you might not know it. He does. Oh man, and that just fucking, that just killed me, you know? <sighs> to know that that you have somehow fucked up or distorted uh, one of your kids' views of life and of love and of marriage, and you you may have altered their entire trajectory in life, you know? Oh, I didn't want to get all emotional on this show, but sometimes it happens, man. It doesn't happen very often. It's been maybe a handful of times that, uh, that I've gotten this choked up, but... So anyway, they... Um, I, I picked them up, uh, he and his girlfriend from uh, Phoenix. They fly into Phoenix. We, uh, we drive up to Flagstaff, and we're spending Thanksgiving together, and I believe it's actually Thanksgiving night. It might have been one of the other nights that we were there. I'm not sure exactly, but we, uh, you know, had a lot of drinks flowing and, and uh, feeling good, and, and we're smoking a little bit of weed or what have you, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was, I think it was Megan, my, my, my son's wife, that, that brought it up and said, hey, uh, Brian, you know. Do you have something you want to say to Alec? You want to talk to Alec about? And oh my God, you think I'm tearing up right now? The uh, the conversation that we got into was just so unbelievable and so cleansing. And so needed and so worth it. And I tell you what, I have never felt closer to my kids than I do right now. And it's because it was because I talked to them. I was honest. I opened up to them. I gave them details of stuff that they didn't know about. I gave them. I just talked to them. I just opened up and I and I told them the truth. And um, gave them details that they were lacking. And we all were better for it. And we are better for it still today. And it was tough. And, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, most of the times, the things that we do in life are tough. And they take they take the strong will and they take some, some grit and they take some strength to fucking get through. But you just have to do it. You just have to communicate. You just have to talk. You just have to fucking talk to people. And usually everything is going to be okay if you just communicate. If I was going to give anybody advice on a marriage, on a relationship, on a friendship... The number one rule I would give them, or the number one piece of advice, would be communicate, communicate, 
communicate. You've got to talk. So, <laughs> with all that said, I... It was Mother's Day, and I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, God damn it, it's, it's, it's that damn day that I don't like. Um, I spent it with my mother. I spent, you know, my, my siblings came over, my brothers. Uh, my dad was here. My, my older brother's, or my younger brother's wife, uh, Susan, was here as well. We had a great time. I spent it with my mother. She's not a big fan of the day. I, I'm sure she enjoys it. Um, she didn't want to say that she does, but I know she definitely enjoyed having all her sons with her on Mother's Day. And um, I love that. I love being with my mother on Mother's Day, but I wish that I could still be with my ex-wife on Mother's Day and that I would have done it correctly and that I would not have fucked up this day for her. Because I'm sure, and maybe it's not, maybe she's totally forgot about it and she totally doesn't even think about it one fucking ounce, one fucking second of the day. But I got to think that she does. And that's something I got to live with as well. That, you know, every fucking goddamn Mother's Day, she's got to relive the same fucking thing that I relive every goddamn Mother's Day. So, but... She's moved on. She's remarried. Uh, she's happy. She probably doesn't think about it, but you know, even today, I, I texted both my sons and I said, "Can you please, you know, tell your mother Happy Mother's, <sighs> Happy Mother's Day for me, because she deserves it, and she's the mother of my kids, and I'm I'm always gonna." I'm always going to wish her happy Mother's Day. Alright, folks. Fuck. Um, that's it. I got nothing else to say. I appreciate you guys listening. If you stuck around to the end and you didn't bail on me, I appreciate it. And um, I'm sorry Mr. Dan Riley has not come on the show yet. We've had some scheduling conflicts. Um, oh, fuck. His damn, uh, his new music video and song just came out called Mama. You can find it on uh, YouTube, Reverb Nation, probably Spotify, all those places. I think he's maybe even posted it on Facebook. In a, so that's by Dan Riley, R-I-L-E-Y. Uh, just search Dan Riley Mama, M-O-M-M-A, on YouTube or any of the other places. And I'm sure you're, you're lucky to find it. It's a fantastic song, fantastic meaning to it. And uh, we wanted to get him on here and, and help promote it for him before Mother's Day, before he released it today. But we have not been able to do that, so we'll get together and we'll do that soon. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, I may do a show tomorrow with uh, Mr. Slayton Johnson, a remote show, and just kind of shoot the shit about a few different things. He uh, was interested in maybe coming on and doing that. So I'm going to get out of here because... Now I'm all fucking weepy, my eyes are all red probably, my face is all blotchy, I'm all stuffy, uh, I got this beer I haven't even hardly drank, I've had a sip of it, but I appreciate you guys listening, I'm sorry I got a little sappy on this one, but happens sometimes, you know, and that's what this show is, you know, I, I want you guys to, to listen, to learn, to maybe learn from the mistakes and, and the 
and the and the accomplishments that I've had and made and we can all get through this life together and do it in a better way if we can all get together and kind of share experiences and figure this fucking thing called life out and make it a better place for everybody involved so yeah with that I will talk to you soon guys love you peace